Welcome God Day viewers. I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today I want to share about the rivers of living water that we have uh, in us and how we can release those rivers more and more. Uh, in John 7, 37, Jesus said, uh, out of the hearts of those who believe will flow rivers of living water. Uh, and we want to live really in the overflow of those rivers and, and to let God carry us along in our life rather than straining in our own strength. I kind of compare it to we have a choice of living by battery power uh, when we're trying to do it in our own strength and being plugged into the mains. And that's what the river of life flowing out of our spirit. If we learn to trust and let that river flow, we will find ourselves uh, carried along by his power and his energy. And so, but we need to learn how to trust and release that river of life within us. And I want to take us to Isaiah chapter 12 for this. Uh, but setting the scene, Isaiah chapter 11 is all about a prophecy of the Messiah who is going to come in his first coming. And it describes him as a man who is full of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11 verse 1, he says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. That's David's father. So he'll be born from Jesse and from David. And a branch will grow from its roots. And that's Jesus. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And so it describes this man who is full of the Holy Spirit. And the whole chapter is about, about Jesus. Uh, and, but one of the things that he will do that we see in the next chapter, Isaiah 12, is that he will make a new covenant, making it possible not just for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but for all of God's people to have God's, God's spirit within them and flowing out of them. And that's Isaiah 12. And Isaiah 12 gives us the key also for how we can enjoy that, that river of life to flow out of us. And so this is, it's a song, actually. Isaiah 12 is a song. It's a prophetic song of salvation. And uh, it starts in verse 1 by saying, In that day. In that day, the, the day when the Messiah comes to bring in this new covenant, a, a new age of the Spirit, um, a new age of spiritual blessings. He says, in that day, you, and it's talking individually, you will say, O Lord, I will praise you or I will thank you. Though you were angry with me, you know, because of our sin, your anger is turned away from me and you comfort me. And so in that day, God will do something special. What the Messiah will do is he will turn the anger of God away from us. Praise God. How did he do that? Well, of course, we know he did it. That's described in Isaiah 53 through the atonement. That on the cross, Jesus, as our atoning sacrifice, took our sins. And he took God's judgment upon our sins on himself so that God's anger would be taken away from us. And so he, the believer here, the New Testament believer, is praising God and saying, thank you, Lord, 
your anger has been turned away from me because now I am forgiven. And he says, and you comfort me. And not only is our sins forgiven, but now we have the comforter. We have the ministry of the Holy Spirit giving us his peace and his strength. And so this is talking about the believer resting in the fact that he has been forgiven. Praise God. And now is under the blessing of God. Then in verse 2, we see the result of this sacrifice uh, is not just forgiveness, a change in our outward status, but an inner change, an inner transformation as God, God's life is imparted to our inner being. Because he says, behold, and uh, behold, God is my salvation. Literally, this is saying, behold, God, my salvation. In other words, look, look at the one who has accomplished this. It, he is God. And I love what it says. It's literally God, my Yeshua. Because Yeshua is the name for salvation. And Yeshua, of course, is the name Jesus in the Hebrew. And so here is a revelation of the name of the coming Messiah. It's saying, behold, look at who has done this wonderful thing. It's God himself, my Yeshua. And so the believer is claiming Yeshua is his God. God, my Yeshua. He's the one who's done this. Hallelujah. And so this believer is trusting in God's salvation through Yeshua, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so God is not just the one who's forgiven me, the one who's paid for my salvation, but now he is my salvation. Now that's deep. It's not just that God gives me salvation. God is my salvation. God is my victory over sin. God is my life. It's talking about the fact that God himself has come to live inside the believer. And it's through his life that we are changed, that we are made holy. We are made like him. We are changed by his by union with him he is my salvation so we don't just confess that jesus has saved me no that jesus is my salvation praise god that's that's much stronger you see and that can it can only be fulfilled by the fact that he has come to live inside us and so he's not just paid for my salvation he has become my salvation and my life. That's awesome. And so it goes on and says, I will trust and not be afraid. This is verse two. I will trust and not be afraid. In other words, the life of the believer now in the new covenant is by faith. I will trust. It's a choice. I will trust. I will not be afraid. I refuse to be afraid. He says, for Yah, that's a short word for God, Yah, the Lord, is my strength. The Lord is my strength. It doesn't just say the Lord gives me strength. He is my strength. He's inside of me. And he is my victory. And it says he is my song. In other words, it's talking about the fact that his life wells up inside me, giving me joy, giving me a song. He also, and I love this, he also has become my salvation. He is my salvation. Praise God. 
because he now lives inside me. He's the one that sets me free. I'm not saved by how well I perform. I'm saved because I'm united to my Savior. He has become my salvation. Hallelujah. And then verse 3 talks about living in the fullness of this salvation. Therefore, he says, because God now is my salvation, he's my source of life. Therefore, with joy, with rejoicing, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. This is the classic verse in this psalm, in, in this song. You will draw water, living water, from the wells of salvation. And the wells of salvation, I prefer to translate as the springs of salvation. You see, because God, in his work of salvation, we are born again. And if you could see inside your spirit, you would, it would be like a spring, a fountain, a gushing fountain of life within you. That is the spring of salvation, which we'll, we'll see in a minute. And that within, within the inside of you is this spring of salvation, and there is water, living water flowing up and available to you in your life. And it says that we are, it's up to us, though, to draw water from that. In other words, in our, in our soul, in our life, we need to draw upon that water, and we do it with rejoicing. We do it with praise and thanksgiving. Uh, we'll see this in more detail in the next verses, but basically by rejoicing with joy, by praising God, by thanking God, what we do is we, we, we bring forth, we draw forth the waters of salvation and, and then we start feeling his presence as we do that. Praise God with joy we will draw water from the wells of salvation. And so these wells of salvation actually are inside us. That's our spirit. And we, and the water of life flows out of our spirit. And we, by faith, we draw water from the well of salvation. Hallelujah. There are springs of healing. There are springs of joy. There are springs of peace and, and, and kindness and love inside you but we have to draw that water forth. It's in the presence of God. Um, what are, where are these springs? Um, well, we're gonna see that God is our salvation. So God, these springs are the life of God himself. And where is God? Well, we, if we jump forward to verse six, we're told where God is. It says, great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. You see, in the new covenant, God comes and lives inside you. Great is the Holy One in the midst of you. The Holy One, the Holy Spirit is great. Greater is he who lives in you than he that lives in the world. Praise God. And so the greater one lives inside you. Great is the Holy One who is in the midst of you. That's where the waters of salvation are. They flow out of your spirit. Uh, Jesus promised about the Holy Spirit in John uh, 14, 16 and 17. He said he's the spirit of truth, which means reality. He is reality. He dwells with you and he will be in you. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. And 1 Corinthians 3, 16, he says, do you not know? We, we have to know this for a certainty that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in 
you. The Holy One is in the midst of you. And he is the one from whom this life flows. So these springs of life were put in us when we were born again. And John, let's go, Jesus talked about these springs. In John uh, 4, verse 10, he says to the Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then he says in verse 13, whoever drinks of this water, when you receive Christ, you drink of this water. It says you will, uh, whoever drinks of this, sorry, whoever drinks of this natural water, he was saying actually, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, a living water, will never thirst because the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain or a spring of water springing up into everlasting life. And he's talking about the new birth here, that when we drink of the water of salvation, when we receive Jesus, then in us he creates a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. In other words, before our spirit was dead, but he, he makes our spirit come alive. That's the new birth. And now our spirit is like this fountain of this spring of water on the inside, an artesian spring of water that's under pressure. And that water always wants to flow into your soul and into your body if we will uh, receive it, if we will allow that. And so this is water under pressure that wants to flow up like a spring. And... Um, God wants that water to flow out of us as rivers of living water. Jesus said, didn't he, in John 7, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Uh, this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. So if you believe in Christ, if you've received him as your Lord and Savior, those, whether you feel it or not, you have this spring, this river in, on the inside of you. And Isaiah 12 tells us how we can draw water from the wells of salvation, from our spirit well, where the Holy Spirit is living inside us. Uh, and he says, with joy you will draw water from the salvation springs. In that day you will say, this is verse 4 now. So how do you draw water from these salvation springs on the inside? Verse 4 tells us, in that day, hallelujah, that, that day of salvation, you will say. Now that says that what you say with your lips is important. Uh, it's when you speak, it's, how can I say, uh, I, I like to compare it to a hose pipe. For instance, you could have water under pressure flowing, but if the nozzle is closed, the water can't flow. And so a big factor, as we'll see in the next two verses, is your mouth. Your mouth is like the nozzle, so you have to open your mouth. And as you open the nozzle, then that water that's under pressure can now flow and refresh your life and flow through you to bless others. And so that's why he says, how do you draw water from the wells of salvation? In that day you will say, 
you have to say. And we'll see the kind of things that we say. Our words, you see, are containers. They can be containers of death or they can be containers of life. In that day, you will say, um, Proverbs 10, 11 says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. In other words, your mouth is where that fountain comes out. The source of the fountain is within, but it comes out through your mouth. Proverbs 18.4 says, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. So what comes out of your mouth should be coming from the deep waters of the spirit within, flowing forth. Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so if you understand the, the power of your words, you, you, will, you will be purposeful in how you speak because they are containers of life. And so a closed opening blocks the flow of that fountain and that life. But when we speak the words of God, uh, the words that God gives us from our spirit, the word that God gives us in the Bible, when we speak them forth, we draw waters from the wells of salvation. As it were, we pull them up from our spirit and we release them to flow in our lives. You know, that is how the new covenant works. Isaiah 59, verse 20, describes the new covenant. He says, the Redeemer will come to Zion, that's Jesus. Uh, he comes to Jerusalem, that's where he died on the cross. And to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord, uh, that's verse 20, and, and really it's talking about Jesus coming to make the first covenant. And then it says, verse 21, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. This is how it will operate. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I've put in your mouth. It's his word and his spirit together. We have a part to play by receiving his word, speaking his word. He says, my words which I've put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants from this time and forevermore. As it says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. The word of God, that's Romans 10.8. The word of God needs to be in two places, in your mouth and in your heart. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes into right standing with God and righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so it's, our words are important. We release the river of God by our praise, by our testimony, by our speaking God's words. Jesus said these words. I think these are th this, this really nails it in Matthew 12, 34. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man, out of the good treasure in his heart, brings forth good things. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure in his heart, brings forth evil things. In other words, how do you... The first thing is to get good things into your heart through the word of God. 
but then you have to bring it forth into your life. How do you bring it forth into reality? It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The speaking brings forth the waters of life where they actually fill your soul and empower you and give you wisdom and give you strength. And so God wants us to uh, draw water from the wells of salvation. How do we do it? Well, let's see what it says in verse 4. In that day you will say, praise the Lord. That's the first thing that we are to do to release. In fact, he gives five ways. We'll cover them very quickly. And these are the ways you can use your mouth to release the river of life on the inside of you. See, everything you need for your life is there on the inside of you in through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says your life is hidden with Christ in God. So everything you need for your life, uh, the power, the grace, the blessing, it's there in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. And he wants to release it into your life. But you, how, he needs your cooperation. You need to believe it. You need to speak it. The first way we speak and we draw that water forth is by praise. He says, praise the Lord. Okay, that's verse 4. Praise the Lord. In that day you will say, praise the Lord. And so as we praise God, and you can praise God in your own language or by speaking in tongues, just praise him. Just tell him how excellent, how wonderful he is. Give him the glory. Give him the praise. And I guarantee you, as you start praising God, those waters will start flowing forth. The Holy Spirit will flow from you. And then he says, the second thing that releases the water of the Spirit is, he says, call upon, notice the emphasis on saying. He says, you will say, you will say. And then it says, call upon his name. And that's prayer. Uh, you know, it says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man makes much power available. As you call on his name, as you pray in English, in, the, in, the, in tongues, you are releasing the river of life. Hallelujah. You will call on his name. And then the third thing that we do to release this river is to witness. Because he says, declare his deeds among the peoples make mention that his name is exalted. And so that is glorifying God among the peoples, telling people how wonderful he is, testifying to his grace in your life, to what he has done for you, witnessing to him. It says, declare his deeds among the people. Find ways to glorify God by telling God, telling people how wonderful he is. And then the fourth thing that we do to release the river is singing. Sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This must be made known in all the earth. In other words, singing is, is a great release. You know, when we sing in church, in our church, we might sing for 20 to 30 minutes and just, you know, you, you feel wonderful because you are releasing the river of life as you sing his praises. And then fifthly, he says, cry out and shout. Sometimes you just got to shout it out. God isn't deaf, but sometimes for our own sake, we need to release what's in us by shouting it out. 
you, you know, it says, shout, cry out and shout aloud, O inhabitant of, design, of Zion. Uh, and so great is the Lord, you see, and greatly to be praised. Sometimes to fully express what's in us, we, we, we shout it out. And there's a release in, in that. And he says, why should, we, why should we do these things? For great is the Holy One in the midst of you. God lives inside you, but we need to let him out. We need to release the river of his life. And how do we do that? By opening our mouth in praise, in prayer, in testifying, in witnessing, in, in, in singing, in shouting it out. All of these things uh, release his life for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. This is a picture of the new covenant that Jesus came to, to bring about. He says, he is our salvation. Uh, God has become our salvation. Let's just read that through now and see how it all fits together. It says in Isaiah 12, uh, in that day, this is the believers will say, O Lord, I praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away from me and you comfort me. That's where it begins. We receive our forgiveness through the cross and we receive the peace of God. And then it says that God now lives on the inside of us as he will flow out of us as rivers of living water. Behold God, my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song and he has become my salvation, literally my Yeshua. Therefore, because God's living inside me, with joy you shall draw water, living water from the springs of salvation. Hallelujah. And then it says that we release those rivers by speaking them out. He says, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day, you will say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You will also declare his deeds among the people. Sorry, in that day, you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he's done excellent things that may, may, must be made known in all the earth. Cry out and shout aloud, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of you. We must use our mouth. We must open our mouth. It's not enough to think it. We need to speak it. We need to glorify God with our lips. And then we will experience those rivers of life flowing out of us. Amen. Good evening, pleased to meet you, sir. Where are you uh, from? From London, England. In order to continue um, in this positive role, which I'm, I'm very uh, eager to see and participate in myself personally, what would you say to encourage us to look to the future and we can continue to help? Is there a new way, perhaps? 
Well, I think it's spreading the truth about Israel as opposed to the many falsehoods that are leveled against it. You know, the, you spoke about the evils of the last 2,000 years. Those evils were made possible because of defamation, because of vilification, because of the, uh, because of the lies that were spread about the Jewish people. Always, uh, the physical brutality was preceded by, uh, by a web of lies. Uh, and I think that working the other way, building a bastion of truth about Israel and the Jewish people and the Jewish state is the greatest corrective of that. And uh, fortunately today, we have a Jewish state and we have uh, many Jewish and many non-Jewish friends that can fight the battle of truth, which I believe is the most important battle for uh, the future of the state of Israel. Thank you very much. I agree with you entirely with Thank that. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. Christian persecution is intensifying in Nigeria. It is believed nearly every Christian family in northern Nigeria has lost a family member because of this persecution. Be informed with need-to-know information within Nigeria. Be inspired by testimonies of faith and forgiveness. And let's pray. Pray like you've never prayed before for North Nigeria on the persecuted church. <laughs>